Hola, soy Erika de la Vega y hago un podcast llamado En Defensa Propia, donde converso con mujeres sobre sus procesos de reinvención y transformación y sobre las herramientas que necesitamos para lograrlo. A través de las historias que escucharás en En Defensa Propia, conseguirás la inspiración y la motivación para reconectar con tu poder interior, cambiar tu actitud hacia los cambios y así poder diseñar la vida que quieres vivir. En Defensa Propia. Puedes escuchar En Defensa Propia en todas las plataformas de audio. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast has content that may not be appropriate for all audiences. You'll hear about some difficult subjects like drug abuse, domestic violence, suicidal thoughts, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 7, The Roach Motel. So I talked about my early memory of spending Christmas in the seedy motel with my mom. But actually, we spent a lot more time in motels than I care to remember. When I was a teenager, we ended up living at a motel. It was the perfect place for a broke addict and their family. And that was my mom. As a kid, I hadn't really noticed the cracks in the walls, the stains on the bedspreads, and the cigarette burns on the carpets. But as a teenager, it was kind of hard to look away from the grim reality of these kinds of motels and what it meant for my family. Weirdly enough, my mom has fond memories of this time, even now. She could do her business deals, get high, and be with her family. Me, Andrea, and Daniela. A little family in the Roach Motel. Andrea and Daniela were too young to understand what was happening. They just went along with it, just like I did as a kid. But I was starting to realize that this wasn't what I wanted. So in this episode, I want to talk to my mom about this time, what I think of as the motel years, when I first started to question our life. I started to pull away. As I was drifting apart from my mom, did she even realize that's what was happening? How was she feeling? I'm Emmy, and this is Crumbs. It's a show about the things we settle for and the bits of ourselves that make us who we are. So mom, during my teenage years, I was starting to change. I think of this time as a time when my life was moving very fast. I was living with you at La Nola, which is like this little roach motel. Yeah, where I thought we had a happy little family because you were helping me with my drugs and all that. So I thought we were cool. And that's when I learned how to sell nickels and dimes of heroin. Yeah, I was so proud. 
A lot was happening. I was helping you with selling drugs. And we were going to Tijuana to teach you a lot, to your friend Leti's place. Yeah, I met her in Las Colinas, which is the women's jail in San Diego where I did a few bids throughout my addiction. She told me, come to my house so that I'll help you. You know, we can make some money, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people say that, you know. But I don't know, something about her, I went over there and Sure enough, she gave me a big old ball of heroin, and we were selling heroin. You and I going back and forth to Mexico. I spent my summer there. I learned how to drive that summer. I think you taught me how to drive in Mexico. Little red car. Yeah, that was a great little car. So yeah, that was our life for a while, and I went along with it. But deep down, I did want a different life, away from the drugs. And then my next memory is Mamalicha getting out of prison. I remember that day so clearly. We go to pick her up. Yeah, it was like the crack of dawn, I remember that. And then Papa Beto, you and I drove up to that federal detention center. And then she walks out to meet us. And I could just see like she had long gray curls and she they were just like bouncing and like that was like one of the biggest joys because I missed her so much and I hadn't seen her in such a long time. She just looks so beautiful and as powerful as ever. And I remember thinking to myself, not even prison could bring her down. I just wanted her to hold me in her arms and then I would know that I had nothing to worry about. We would all be one happy family now. But instead, she took only you in her arms. And just like that, whatever small bond or connection you and I had while she was gone, just went away. Yeah, she was the only stable person in my life. And I missed her so much. I was just so hopeful that things would go back to how it was when I was a kid. And and it didn't. Yeah, I think we were all expecting a little too much from her, including herself. So she gets out nearly after 10 years in prison, but she comes home to nothing. You spent all her money. Was she pissed when she realized what you'd done? Yeah, she was pretty mad. Were you scared? I was an addict, and so my thinking process was so different. Whatever I did wrong, she would fix it and then everything would be okay. So it wasn't a big deal to me. Yeah, but you had sold everything. You destroyed everything, her whole empire, everything she'd ever worked for. Okay, well, it wasn't like she was a human rights activist or anything. She worked with the Mexican drug cartel. I don't know, I just feel like you have a double standard when it comes to her. You always take her side, no matter what. I mean, I think that's fair. I definitely do. It's just, it's heavier. I don't know. And I think because I'm so much more like her, it's easier for me to defend her. And see, when Mamelicha was in jail, my memory is that things were way more chaotic in terms of the drugs. So maybe I associate Mamelicha with safety, even though it's not really fair to you. 
And I'd been selling drugs on my own before. But when she got back into working, immediately we all started working for her again. It was like old times. At least we thought it was going to be the same. Even though she knew about your addiction. So what do you think was going through her mind? You have to remember that Mommy Leach's addiction was money. So even though she knew about my addiction, it was okay for me to do my dirt under her terms. I mean, it kind of makes sense to me because if I was working for her, she could sort of take care of me, control me, that's for sure. It's so different from, you know, selling nickels and dimes on the street to other addicts. Yeah. And again, I thought she'd come in and fix things, but this wasn't a fix. So then, during this time, I'm like helping you sell the drugs. And then what happens? I think you just got tired of being there with us. You know that it's not what you wanted. And you started not caring for what we were doing. And I'm trying to think, when did all that change? Because all of a sudden you were like, I'm done. And I think you weren't just done with me, but with Mami Licha as well, because you just, you decided to move to your nanas. I don't know exactly when that changed for me. I love money too. First of all, I thought of my grandma. I was like, if she goes to prison, like she's going to die in prison because she's never going to get out. And I think it was mostly a defense mechanism. That's when my wall started going up and not letting people in. Because, you know, I was depressed. I had a suicide attempt at 14. And I realized the effect that people could have on me. So I start building this wall, this armor to protect me. I have to start protecting myself because nobody's going to protect me. You know, when I was at my Nana's, I was living a whole different life. Because even though I didn't have the fancy things or whatever, I had a home. I had my own room. I had a ride to school. I finally have stability. And I'm just trying to stay out of all this chaos. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. 
experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. So what was going on while I was living with my grandparents? There was a lot going on. We were working for Mami Licha, and that's around the time that Kiko and I, we started mixing heroin and meth. <sighs> When I look back now, starting the meth use was one of the worst things I could have ever done. Kiko found out I was using it, so of course I talked him into using it as well, and he loved it, and all these demons came out in us. I was seeing things. I was talking to people that weren't there. I was using heroin, meth pills, cocaine, everything that I could get my hands on on a daily basis. I was just so saturated with drugs that it didn't matter who I had to hurt, whose feelings I had to hurt, or what I had to do to get what I needed to be okay. Yeah, I think for me, I was starting to see that, just like how out of control you were and how you didn't really seem to pay attention to us unless it was to help you with your drugs. And I'm starting to see that you're probably never going to change. It's always going to be like this. And then I get pregnant with Adrian. When I found out I was pregnant with Adrian, I was like heavily into the heroin and meth speedballs. We're living in a hotel and I was like, fuck, like <laughs> I have to make a choice, you know? I mean, it's not funny, but it's... <laughs> Like, my mentality... Like, this pregnancy disrupted your drug use. Exactly. Am I the only child you weren't using drugs with during your pregnancy? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. It's crazy to think about that. Well, I had you at 14. I didn't start using heroin until I was 16. I was just a kid. Yeah, it's just so sad to hear 
to realize that. I can't imagine, like, right now, seeing 16-year-old shoot up. It's just... Uh, yeah. It is really sad because I could never imagine one of my grandchildren right now that are teenagers doing not even a part of what I was doing at that age. I'm pregnant with Adrian and I go to jail, which was a really good thing because I was like two months pregnant, maybe three at the most and and still using. So, you know, my whole pregnancy, I was in jail. That pregnancy pretty much saved my life at that time. Like got out like maybe two, three weeks before he was born. While I'm in jail, Papa Beto and Kiko are working for your grandma, like they're the ones doing all the movement. So Kiko's crossing the border almost every day with a car full of drugs, and he's taking Andrea and Daniela with him. And when I found out, I was so mad, so, so mad. But was I mad because he was using my daughters to pass drugs, or was I mad because I wasn't a part of it, you know? (laughs) Andrea and Daniela started arguing over who was going next, you know, because it was fun for them, you know? It wasn't fun for me, I can tell you that. Like, that does not sound fun for me. Yeah, no, you would come over and see, like, everything that was going on or hear what we were talking about, and you were just, like, disgusted with everybody. I kind of didn't want you coming around because it would ruin... It would kill the vibe. Yeah. I'm the vibe killer. (laughs) I didn't want the motels and the drugs and chaos anymore. It was scary. So I was living this peaceful life at my nana and my tata's. But then I get sucked back into it after Adrian is born. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. 
Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Adrian looks so much like you as a baby. Those beautiful blue eyes and blonde hair. And I remember I had a C-section, so I was probably passed out. And when I opened my eyes, there you were in that yellow hospital gown, and you were holding your brother. You were looking at him with such tenderness. You were touching his forehead with your finger. I didn't want that moment to stop. I have that so engraved in my memory. I remember that he was, he was little mini me. When Adrian was born, I had mixed feelings. I was very happy to be there for his birth and to see how cute he was and how tender he was. But at the same time, I felt this immense sadness because the kind of life that you were living, I knew what he was coming into, but I didn't know how to help him. I felt really powerless just to think about how you were living. We're living in motels and it was hard living with a newborn baby in a motel, so that's when I went and dropped them off at Mami Licha's. So Mami Licha takes over as his parent, too. Well, I was a mess. You're out of control, so she takes over. Yes, she took over when he was about three months old, completely. And then one night, I remember Mami Licha and Papa Beto, they went to this casino that they used to go to often. And I was the only one home with Adrian. And this is a time when I was heavily into crystal meth. I was actually putting him down for a nap, and I'm the one that fell asleep. And I woke up to him full of meth, you know, and the little bag in his hand. A six-month-old baby found your drugs. We snuck him out of the house and we went to like a crack house, a party house and where everyone's up all night just so we could spend time with him to watch him and make sure he was okay. And I forgot why I came over. Like, did you call me or? No, I didn't call you. You just showed up that night. I remember thinking, oh shit, this is about to get real. And sure enough, you kept trying to take the baby from me. I really thought he was going to die but I was scared to take him to the hospital because I thought they were going to take him away from us, which they would have. 
we had to help this baby ourselves. You know, that's that's the type of people that I guess we always were, you know? Even now hearing that, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I just remember staying up all night, watching him, being so scared, and just trying so hard to keep him away from you. Like, I knew I had to keep him away from you, and I was just praying that he stayed alive. And he lived through it. Yes, thank God. And I don't think I've ever been so mad at you as I was in that moment. I was so, I was furious. You were. And I was really scared. It was so hard for me because, again, I had to choose between if I take him to the hospital, they're going to take him away. I'm going back to jail. But if I don't, he's going to die. And there's nothing I could say or do to ever make that right. Not for you, for him. I mean, before I was so frustrated with your addiction, I was starting to pull away. If I didn't know what was going on, I couldn't be hurt by it. But then this happens, and I felt this huge pressure to get back involved. It's like you went right back into caregiver mode. This moment with Adrian changed everything for me. Now it's not just my mom at risk, or even me. It's my baby brother. And so now we get to the crossroads of what it's like to have an addict as a parent. I was trying to make a choice to distance myself from my mom and from the pain that she was causing me. Being an addict, she couldn't see beyond her need for the chemical that would make her feel okay enough to live. Her need for this drug shaped her decisions and her life, and ours. So I thought if I didn't know what was happening, it couldn't hurt me. But that didn't help either. We could have lost my brother Adrian, and Andrea and Daniela were in the thick of it. I realized that nobody was coming to save us. Not my mom and not Mami Licha. So I had to make a decision. Do I walk away and try to save myself? Or do I stay and risk my mom's addiction, bringing us all down with her? Next time on Crumbs. I shouldn't even be alive right now. I just got handed a 12-year-old kid, and I'm 18. I just graduated from high school. I don't know how to be a parent. Hey listeners, there's a lot of difficult subjects that we cover in this show. If you're someone you know needs help, you can reach the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration hotline at 1-800-662-4357. They'll connect you with information and resources on treatment. There's also the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Both are available 24-7. You don't have to be in crisis to reach out either. They're available for anyone who needs help. Crumbs is a Sonoro production in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Network and Trojan Horse. It's produced by Hannah Bottom and edited by Margaret Catcher, Rodrigo Crespo, 
and Alex Humero with support from Elizabeth Schutzel. Original music by D. Peter Schmidt. And engineering by Carlos Magaña and Manuel Parra. Studio recording by JTB Recording and Podcasting Studio. Executive produced by Connell Byrne and Giselle Vances for iHeart, Alex Fumero and Margaret Catcher for Trojan Horse, Camila Victoriano and Joshua Weinstein for Sonoro, and me, Emmy Olea. Special thanks to Mariana Coronel Aguirre, and of course, my mom, Hilda Gamboa. Listen to Crumbs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.